Hello, friends, and welcome to the Cinemondo podcast. It's October. My favorite month. Spooktober. I love that it. That means we're going to start covering a lot of musicals and uh, <laughs> movies about dancers that become famous and then get involved in drugs and then get unfamous. That's right. That's, that's a it. very large field of people. No, we're going to talk um, about Halloween movies. I love October that's a because good idea. I like horror movies all year round. Every yeah. day I can watch a horror movie all the time. I watch literally everything I see. I, I just, I mean, I, I watch everything I see, um, everything that's available. <laughs> um, but this is the one month where you're not a freak for doing that. So I love that people all of a sudden are interested in horror movies. It's like you get to October and this flip, a little switch flips, and it's like everybody's like, Oh, have you seen any good horror movies? I'm like, Dude. Do I have horror place. movies for you, and there's a lot of new ones that are released. So you know, even the streaming services, as of course, I love know, it. So much content is coming. Yeah. Hellraiser, blah blah. There's you know, so Barbarian, good. but you know, it's also fun to look back at the ones that we just think back to from you know years gone by and say that one's, that one's sticking with me. Why is that one working? Why do I think about that? And it makes sense to go back to the 1970s mm-hmm. because that is just a classic film decade right. number one. Kind and of a were- defining era for horror films, I think, because that's, right. that's when they first started to become yes. um, contenders. You know, like Academy Awards and considered mm-hmm. to be a serious film before exactly. before that they were sort of exploit you know exploitation, which is what they always. Mm-hmm are kind of but you look at movies before some of the 70s ones and you you think you know ah they're cheesy kind of maybe cheesy but then suddenly in the 70s there there was this thing that happened with a couple of particular yeah. films well night of the living dead was the 60s but that was that yeah. was low budget but that was sort of yeah. like just a humongous hit and that was sort of like the start of modern horror kind of getting away yeah. from you know the, the first like really gratuitous gore for that time yeah. period etc but in the 70s yeah there was obviously a couple of huge hits and um so we're well, just going to talk about you know a few you get directors who are really talented who decide to make horror films like they're serious films and not just trash and so all of a sudden we get these artful well-made horror films and also people were like wow these movies make money and they're scary let's do more <laughs> so they yeah. did yeah I mean, the obvious one is The Exorcist. That was a huge film, and it, mm-hmm. you know, awards and everything else. And it had a serious vibe to it. And I yeah. think, you know, when you see all those videos of, you look on YouTube and go, you know, premiere Exorcist and, and look at all the interviews with people who were going to see The Exorcist in 1973 when it came out. And they were freaking out. They were, people were saying, oh, I couldn't stand it. I had to leave and I passed yeah. out. And I people were fainting. I was disoriented. People were fainting. Yeah. And you know why? I think is because people had never seen a horror film treated that way before, presented yeah. to them that way. It had the cast was incredible. Um, the acting was totally believable. It was done in a way that horror films had not been done before. Yeah. It showed you these characters, you know, Chris McNeil and Reagan McNeil, and you totally believed them. They were realists. Okay. She's an actress, and this is suburban Washington. It wasn't uh, Transylvania, yeah. or it you wasn't know, in something. a castle. You know, it was mm-hmm. normal people, like really realistic people. Mm-hmm. Um, who were involved in this and it also touched on religion which was a heavy thing back then i mean certainly had crosses with uh with vampires and whatnot and certain kinds of religion imagery type things but this one was a flat out you know catholic 
horror fantasy like what would happen right. if such things really were true you want to know if if it was if that stuff what it would be like if it were really true well here you go <laughs> this yeah. is what would happen and a lot of it seemed almost like it was mental illness which made it scarier yes. because there's that stigma attached to mental illness so they took that and then made it what if it wasn't just mental illness you know but you're never you almost wondered was it real like yeah i i feel like you could almost go either way with that one even though we did see some things you know, but yeah, you can look you at know. it two different ways. You can also look at it as a metaphor for a, a, a woman reacting to the fact that her little girl is growing up and becoming a and person that she problems. didn't anticipate. Right. You know, it's like the the fear. I guess I'm not a parent, so I don't know. But if you know, I, you know, Mark, you have a young girl. There's probably times when you were like, "What? Who she is must this? be possessed." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, at this? this age, you know, 13, 14, 15, it's when, you know, it's no more the cute little girl that you can, you know, control. It's like she's got her own thing, her own yeah, life, and right. she's spreading, spreading her wings, ready to leave the nest, you know. Um, and you're calling Father Karras to come over. And, uh... <laughs> and you're like, there's got to be a problem. This isn't right. <laughs> right. Um, but what, the, what Exorcist did is open up the floodgates and say, hey, yes. this is a big money. We can So big budget films, low budget films, we're making horror films. We're making horror films. It's going to be the something you know yeah. and artistic you know good <laughs> so, directors started getting involved it wasn't just yeah. these exploitation people that were trying to churn out you know the brain eaters and the corpse grinders and things like that yeah. they were they were like you know what we can take a story that's got a little bit of depth to it and a little bit of seriousness but still firmly in the in the horror realms like movies like the omen which was also religion, you know, had a religion edge, mm -hmm. a pretty heavy religion. Ed, like, and and I think it's interesting. The horror comes from the idea: what if it was real? You know, <laughs> right. to me, that's always a fascinating idea. It's like, well, you know, if you believe in things like that, like Satan and demons and devil worshippers, and and uh, that seems that's real to them. This mm -hmm. is what it would look like. This, that's right. what, this is what happens. Because then. in The Exorcist and The Omen, there's the clergy are a big part of those films. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, they're yeah. actually going to a church or, you know, and talking to these people. What's going on? Well, prophecy. Yeah. And that's as scary as it gets for a lot of religious people. And also, I, I want to talk about, too, like throw up posters here and there. Yeah. The Exorcist had one of, also one of the most iconic posters. Yeah. Um, this is great because... Making it black and white and just a little scene from the film, it's so perfect and it's so artful. And they used actual lavender. Like there were so many choices that were made to make this poster that don't seem obvious. Like, oh, wouldn't you need red type to make it look scary? Why don't you show a possessed person? You know, like why shouldn't right. you show a close up? And then Burke has the actual poster. There it is, the <laughs> real one. It's the purple one. It's the um, that's right. that's a kind of a rare purple, the purple version. But Very, unfortunately, yeah. it's folded, so there's like fold lines in it. Yeah, but that makes it look real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and of, um, so it's just a classic film, and always will be. You know, you can watch it 40 yeah. years later, and it still works in a lot of ways, or 50 years later, however mm -hmm. long old it is. Um, but then, so let's talk about some other films that sort of stick in our head as being, you know, that affected us, whether it was a big budget film or you know a smaller one. Um, Kathy, you want to go first? Well, obviously, by my shirt, my favorite movie of all time, plus my favorite horror movie of the 70s, plus just one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> plus so, a great poster. It was just it's the another whole vibe. Everything around poster. it was. It's, it's, it's a, a great poster. And, you know, this was illustrated. The, the man who illustrated it lost it. Like he <laughs> gave it to the 
the movie company and they don't know what happened to it. Like this was one of the long lost pieces of art that would be just the holy grail of movie poster collectability if you could find this sketch somewhere or this you know illustration. What? I just happened to have. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but the sketch is actually like Joking. little <laughs> eight and a half like it's small. He did a small illustration, like yeah, eight by it's eleven really or small. something. Yeah. It's not big, but it is you can't do this better. Like I have yeah. a, a version of the shirt. It has the actual shark, but it's a different version. But you know instantly what it is. Yeah. And I also have a doormat that's like <laughs> says, you know, beach is closed with a bite out of it. I am obsessed with Jaws. There always have been, always will be. It's well, one of my favorite. It's it a good some... movie. It's a solidly made film by a great filmmaker. It, it's yeah. worth studying if you're into, into filmmaking. Mm -hmm. You should, and you, if you're into filmmaking and you want to make a horror film, watch Jaws to learn Jaws. how to do it. And specifically, yeah. the scene where Alex, poor Alex Kintner gets yes. it. That whole beach right. scene, which is about four minutes long, is a masterclass <laughs> of direction. Love it. It is so because we all know what it feels like to be on the beach. You know, music, people screaming and stuff, and yeah. people laughing or whatever. And then you're looking out and you see something like a propeller going yeah. around this kid. I mean, that yeah. scene mm. is like, I'll, I'll never forget it. I was That's like, so oh horrifying. my God, that kid is so actually going to get it. You know, and like, there was so much dread built, like dread. Like they weren't supposed to the beach open. Roy Shire was on edge. They kept showing him, like closing in on his close up. He's looking. He's No one's relaxed. Everyone's just like, oh my God, right. we're all going to die. And it's like, yeah. get the water. Everyone thinks we're afraid to go in the water terrifying and because you're trying to do it like i know this doesn't feel right but i'm going to do it anyway and everyone's afraid of the ocean in any way so the idea yeah. of the deep underneath the water what's lurking perfect like what's happening in the dark you know <laughs> it's like great it's a, it's a great setting for it because like you said everybody's secretly afraid of what's under the water but yeah. also going to the beach is one of the great joys of the summertime yeah. and it's so fun and everybody's also laughing scary. and swimming and swimming but there's that edge to it what is down there? Nature wins. There's there's giant hungry living things under there in yeah, this place yeah, that you're splashing around. And we sort of, as human beings, don't really belong in there. <laughs> right. <It's not laughs> our, not our our we can drown and die in there, and people yeah, do. Right. And right. that's another thing. You know, you have the beach is always considered to be this happy place. Of, you mm -hmm. know, we're going to the beach. Yay. Yeah. And the kids love it, and they've got all their toys and stuff. That shot that you were talking about, Mark, the um, mm. the where you said it looks like a propeller, I, or something. Yeah. I, I love that in films where tell. you feel a little disoriented by what the yeah. hell did I just see? What am I seeing? You're yeah. not expecting it because yeah. of the setting, yeah. because it's a kid paddling around mm -hmm. and everything is fun and it's so familiar. If you've ever right. been to the beach, and then something completely unfamiliar comes into your yeah. into your field of vision that that rolling weirdness of the shark whereas the fin goes over like that it's just so brilliantly staged yeah. and it right. shocks the hell out of you because it's <laughs> a it's a familiar location familiar scene familiar sounds everything mm -hmm. about it is happy and and then there's that moment and that that push in on Roy Scheider I love it what yeah. that to me says is he's it, that is the moment where he's going, what did I just what have I just Such seen? A good actor, and yep. 
it occurs to him. You're watching it occur to him. You know, I love that. And they had the nerve to kill a child yes. in a film, which never happens. So a lot of times people don't consider Jaws a horror movie. They consider it something else. Like it's almost its own genre. But I considered it a horror movie, so I included it in my Well, movie. they call it the first big summer blockbuster. But I remember yeah. after seeing Jaws, going to the beach and being afraid. Yeah, being afraid. everybody that's was. How, that's how awesome. a horror f- film works. At the yeah. same go time. The beach and go, oh, wait a minute. I don't want to go in. No. And at the same time, nobody should be afraid of sharks. They should just be, you know, they need to share the water with them. They shouldn't really be afraid. They're a natural animal to have in the ocean. We shouldn't be killing them. We shouldn't be wiping them out so we could go to the beach. Right. It's like, that's one of those things, like, they're protected. They deserve to be there. We're right. in their house. So that was one of the, the after effects. Peter Benchley was kind of t- yes. mortified, which I'm kind of surprised because what did you think was going to happen? Is that he was like, why does everyone hate sharks now? Because you wrote Jaws. Right. <laughs> so, and he, well, it he happens liked in sharks. the movie, too. The people exactly. go nuts to go kill the sharks. And it's all right. these people. I love how they make look like assholes. Throwing dynamite in the water. And it's- yeah. Exactly. So there's Jaws. What do you got, well, Mark? Well, I'm going to go as keeping with the ocean That's theme. And this is completely a completely different film much more lower budget i'm going from the angle like you know uh, watching a low budget film on hbo which was a big thing back then and seeing a movie that felt weird and different and this is not a classic but it's one that sticks with me it's called shock waves ah. and it's from 1977 ken Wiederhorn, film florida filmmaker yep uh, and he made this low budget film that felt like this is not made by like a, ho- a hollywood guy this was made very down and dirty not a lot, you know, there's not a lot of effects. It's just these kind of Nazi ghouls that kind of come out of the water. I and love much that like, movie. Yeah. And much like Jaws, it's like freaked me out when I would go to the beach because yeah. th- there's just shots of these guys sort of standing, like kind of just getting up yeah. in the ocean and just looking. And it's just, it's just, it's a creepy scene. The, re- the, the movie isn't great, but there's a lot of fun stuff in it. Peter Cushing is in it. Peter Cushing, yeah. Yeah. And, um, it stuck with me when I saw it. It was one of those films like I think back, like that was kind of a moment for me where I saw something that was weird, made by somebody that's not in the mainstream, and it was effective. It's like another ocean movie. film. It's an film, ocean. I'm going. I, I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah, it is. It's a movie it that. Is. It's something you're at the beach. You're not supposed to see these weird guys sort of stand up. Right. At a time and like looking at you. That's scary. Yeah. To me. But that's one thing about that movie that they I love is copy line. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Once they were almost human, beneath the living, beneath the beyond the dead, from the depths of hell's ocean. It's like hell's ocean or just the ocean. And I don't like. Well, that's hell's yeah. ocean. Okay, well, go ahead. One thing I love about that movie is the fact that it looks different. You know, it was shot in Florida, so it's got this kind of. There's a there's a vibe to the Florida beaches. They they have a certain kind of sand and a certain kind of yeah. water and the the plant life and the. It doesn't look like Malibu, no. you know. It doesn't look like L.A. oceans, and it's the the terrain that they're in is is kind of it seems kind of scary on its own for yeah. some reason. There's that you know the Spanish moss hanging down from the trees, it's like swampy-ish, swampy-ish and sort of very humidity. Like there, yeah. you feel the humidity in the movie. Yeah, which is interesting. Which the I think mosquitoes and the, yeah, yeah. So it has that down and dirty vibe that really yeah. affects. Like I saw something weird. So yeah, and the visual of those those like corpse, they're like reanimated Nazis that yeah, the leftovers from some Nazi experiment and raising exactly. the dead to so use good. as as uh, warriors and easy to hate because they're Nazis. 
Yeah. And just the <laughs> styling of Nazis. They're wearing a Nazi, a, a dead guy in a Nazi uniform walking across the bottom of the ocean. There's a scene of them walking <laughs> yeah. underwater, just walking with those goggles they're wearing that are yeah. stitched onto their faces. And Love it. Yeah. It's a cool movie, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. How, how about you, Burke? I know you mentioned Exorcist, but. Well, yeah, got? Exorcist is a good one. That uh, You can always uh, go with, you know, can't go wrong with that one, The Exorcist and The Omen, which I talked about. But another one that I like that is kind of rare, it's kind of hard to find, but for some reason I always go back to this movie. I don't know why, but it because it's not, I wouldn't call it a classic, but it has a feel to it. It has an atmosphere to it. The Haunting of Julia. Mm. With Mia Farrow, it was after she did Rosemary's Baby, and she's great in this one too, but it's a ghost story. It's kind of like Don't Look Now, you know? It's, mm -hmm. It has that kind of vibe where a child, a child dies, and it's horrible and heartbreaking and horrendous, and then you, you go through the suffering of the parents after that happens. And it sort of addresses the idea of how such a thing happening in your life might change you and might make you open to certain things. You know, we've also, you know, in a more modern movie, Hereditary. Yeah. But um, this one, it, it, it's, it's a ghost story. I don't want to, well, I guess I can give a little bit away. But it's a Peter Straub, you know, who sadly we lost yeah. and, um, recently. But it's a ghost story with a twist, which is kind of interesting. The idea that somebody you love would die, and then you would see what you think is their ghost, but it's actually some other thing that's trying to trick you. And it's just, when you start realizing what's going on in the film, it's like, God, this is kind of creepy. Even though it's not like one of those in-your-face kind of ghost stories, it has these creepy moments. It's a little slow moving. The music is classic for the for that era. It's a very 70s style film. Mia Farrow's great. It's got Keir, Keir Delay in it, um, one of the astronauts from 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> and um, I think it's just a really moody, yeah, it's really moody pretty. film. And it has one of the, one of the most shocking, heartbreaking, strangely poignant endings of a film yeah. the beautiful camera that just goes yeah. around very slowly around a chair and and then the the end credits roll over a still image this final still image and it's like it just you can't you can't just go okay that was a fun movie it's like no this is a dark <laughs> you don't walk away like well not next you're like Ugh. i, I want to see that because i haven't seen that i've never seen that uh, film so that's on the list Oops. It's um, a, it's a, it's kind of depressing because you know you if you if something like that happened you you might be open to some other evil mm -hmm. force getting in and, <laughs> and and tricking you you know. I thought the poster was interesting because they don't even show me a pharaoh in this poster, right? Um, yeah. And they kind of make the poster a spoiler, sort of. Um, but it's a very eerie yeah, illustration of years, a transparent yeah. girl. Um, she had no one to play with for 30 years. So who are you going to play it, with? It is kind of a spoiler, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody knows that until they see it, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, the opening scene, you see the, the Mia Farrow's daughter dying. So you're so if you're thinking about the poster, you're like, yeah. 
what's happening now. there. Yeah. Well, that's the promise. Like you're hoping you are going to see a ghost story. <laughs> it is a ghost story, and it yeah. is a. Um, Traub, who who knows how to like a yeah. ghost story is one of the great novels of uh, horror. Story. It's similar to that in yeah. some ways, but. Like I said, it's a little low key. It's one of those moody things. It takes a while. Yeah. There's a lot of character development. A lot of um, classic seventies horror. Like yeah, kind of low key. Yeah. All right, Kath, no, how about you? You know, so <laughs> I'm going with like kind of big crowd pleasers. That's <laughs> so, all right. That's good. So I'm going to about you know. There's Night of the Living Dead, and then there's Dawn of the Dead. So yeah. I'm going to go Dawn of the Dead. That's '78. Still George Romero. He decided to go color on this one. Um, and I, I think what I loved about it was the fact that it was shot in a mall. The idea yeah. of all the zombies going to a mall. And they even mentioned something like, why are they all coming here? Because it's something they remember and they enjoyed. It was something <laughs> was, important to them. I love that, that the mall is where people, you know, zombies would go. Like that's, yes. they're co- you know compelled to go there. They're drawn to it. And the idea of living in a mall, there's that sort of little weird, you know, uh, aspect of like it'd be kind of cool like you know, as a kid <laughs> stay overnight in the mall you know you know it's like <laughs> yeah, so they have that have whatever kind of you idea. want it's so fun so they bring in a level of fun to it that i think is really effective and that they really bring some really extreme gore i mean this is yeah. like one of these yeah like, tom savini and i think tom Savini <laughs> has a cameo on it like yeah. he's really like, having a lot of fun on this one so when you're thinking of the origination of the zombie on film you have to go down you know day of the dead and then don the dead took it to the next level which is color bigger budget extreme you know and the fact it was even a hit even though that's one thing you don't realize it was so gory like so gory and yet the 70s when i watch them now they're really intense like i feel like there's a level where we kind of stopped doing that kind of gore for a while like it seemed like too much because when you go back the 70s that sound does not hold back right older it feels real you know yeah. i think it was rated x when it, i remember it was like oh well, that's x because you know the helicopter scene and all the you know the guts right. coming out and all that crazy oh, stuff yeah. that, that great scene apart. with the elevator like where he's yeah. in the elevator and they go in and now he's trapped it was oh, so yeah. great it was so great yeah. and then the poster is interesting too is it's pink like yeah. I, I love 70s posters because they don't necessarily sell them as the big budget kind of glossy stuff we do now. And every time they want us to do like a 70s style poster, I always think of some of these where it's graphic, the colors aren't what you really would think they would use. You know, it's like it's a very hand done looking illustration. Like you really want to go there with that. And it's just really fun. When there's no more room in hell, the dead walk the earth and the mom. Yeah. That's like, yeah. <laughs> what it is. It's almost designed to look really good on a t-shirt. Totally. Yeah. So very fun to see it. So I, you know, I, I've always liked that movie because it had that sense of humor just in the, the whole setup and yet it brought super scary shit. It has yeah. that cool music by Goblin. Oh, I love yeah. the soundtrack. Yeah. I remember I, I mentioned uh, earlier my friend Mark Maddox, who I went to high school with, and we were both like really horror fans and and uh, into Star Trek. We were total nerds, but, um, but we were cool nerds. <laughs> but um, we went and saw this movie and just went back and saw it again and again. Mm-hmm. It was so gory, but it was gory in a way that was almost funny. Kind of accessible gore. Right. <laughs> it was very extreme. Well, also weird. like the, yeah, it was weird because the helicopter scene, the guy is yeah. obviously has it looks like him and <laughs> he's Munster. ready for it. Yeah. He's got a built-up head, <laughs> yeah. a big head. And you know, it was so good. The remake is also amazing. Like yeah. I love the Zack Snyder remake. Oh. It's almost it almost elevates the movie in general. Like it wasn't just like let's just do a remake, a cash grab, whatever. They made that movie amazing. Like it's still one of my favorite horror movies. So but well when, done. When uh, my friend Mark and I saw this movie in the theater, we immediately started 
our own uh, <laughs> epic production on Super 8. And we made this zombie movie. We got everybody we knew from school to be to be a zombie in it. And, so um, funny. you know, we did special. We did some pretty heavy-duty special Dude, effects you got to let stuff. us see that stuff. We got to show it. Maybe sometime we'll have Mark on and we'll... We'll show it. some of those old films. So good. I play a zombie that just starts eating a dead zombie. Like one of the zombies gets killed. He, he shoots so funny. the zombie at, to, to you know, use as bait so that the other zombies will attack the dead zombie and eat it. I love we, it. So we filmed bad. it in our friend's yards and we're running around in the, in the streets with, uh, you know, blood all over us and machetes and stuff. So good. We got to see those. All right, Mark, yeah. your last one. Yeah, my last one. Okay, I'm going to go with another kind of movie that affected me, and this one's called The Sentinel. Burke mentioned it. This is a movie oh, yeah. by Michael Winner, who did a lot of the Death Wish, all the Death Wish mm-hmm. films with yeah. Charles Bronson. Mm-hmm. He has a real feel for New York 70s. And why, why I like this movie, it takes place in New York City. It has that grit that 70s New York movies have. Yeah. And also, it's a definite, you know, a, a kind of a copy or re sort of like of The Exorcist. But it's like New York. It's a model who moves into this uh, apartment building that is kind of the gateway to hell. It's still there and still looks exactly the same, I might add. I love yeah. that. But what I love about there's some scenes that re- – and there's one that Burke and I talk about all the time. There's where all of a sudden there's this somebody in this room that just sort of walks out behind a door. Scariest and it, thing yeah. ever. Like, scary. So, I mean, it's like – it's so simple. It's, it's like, the you best thing need- in the movie and the yeah. scariest thing in the movie, but it's such a throwaway, quickie, weird scene. Like, what? Yeah, well, that's why because it's so out of left field and it just sort of like happens. And I just, Mm. it just sticks with me. And that movie sticks with me in a weird way. And I think it's because when I saw it, the New York vibe, the feeling, you know, something, it just sort of works as a film for me. So it sticks with me. Fashion looks so good now. I love love everything about it. I like the strange movie movie too. It is. And the the music by Gil Mellet, I think, is really good too. So another great poster. Way too much type on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there is so much time. It's like in yeah. case people didn't know what this is about, this got a weird title. There must be forever by be a guardian at the gates of hell. She was young. She was beautiful. She was next. It's like those don't even relate to each other. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not something at the top. It's one of those crazy. interesting stories that kind of reminds me. It kind of reminds me of a John Carpenter film in a way. Like yeah, I can see that. It could have been a John Carpenter film in some ways. Yeah. It's similar to maybe Prince of Darkness in that they've yeah. discovered this ancient order of religious, this religious order totally. that's been protecting something. And I always mm-hmm. love those stories where there's this, you know, conspiracy that's gone out through history and and the old guy who's guarding the gateway to hell, you know, and <laughs> know. just that that vibe is so cool. I don't know. That's great. That's a great one. That makes That's me want to watch it because yeah. it's it's that slow burn, creepy movie. That's a great one. Yeah. So next week we're gonna do our favorite Halloween movies from the eighties. I don't get to do my last one. Didn't you do two? Can I do one more? Do one more because I think I only did one. Right? You did two, but go ahead. Oh, what two? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can do one more. Go for it. go for it, Bert. I thought I only did one. the Haunting of Julia. No, you did Haunting either. of Julia, and you did The Exorcist and the Omen. Oh, okay. Those but you can do another one. one. If you okay. have one ready to go, go ahead. I do. I want to just bring up one that gets okay. mentioned. I mean, there's so many great ones. Like this, this is hard to pick. There's so many, but go ahead. I really like The Wicker Man, the 1973 oh, yeah. Wicker, The Wicker Man. The Nick Cage one? No. <laughs> not the, that one, people. Do not watch that one. Yeah. The real one. <laughs> 
the it's real a, one. It's a it's like the definitive folk horror thing, you know. And we we've talked a lot about Midsummer, you know, Ari Aster's Midsummer, and the whole idea of folk horror, which is. Um, Again, it's kind of got roots a little bit in religious horror, but the the religious idea, the sort of spiritual idea, is more of a pagan thing in in folk horror. It's it, it the basis of it is these kind of old, forgotten, you know, folk religion type things. And this one is the definitive one. It's a um, it's a classic. You know, you, a police officer hears about a missing girl on this remote island and you know summer isle and and flies there it's it's great um because it's also kind of isolation horror it puts this yeah. character and he's this very righteous man you know and the opening scenes show him singing in the church and and uh, and then he goes so to righteous. this town where everybody seems to have to be into this really sort of like sex based pagan religion this kind of um obsessed with fertility and things like that and he is appalled of course <laughs> and but the but the the coolness of the movie is how innocent the it seems like they're just a bunch of nice hippies on this mm-hmm. island right well, they're innocent they couldn't hurt anybody but christopher just, lee's there that's a trouble then, yeah, yeah that's christopher good. lee shows up and you're like <laughs> christopher okay, lee is bad news. <laughs> and then we have another cool seven i just love these 70s posters that's yeah. why i keep showing them flesh to touch flesh to burn don't keep the wicker man waiting yeah. Totally corrupt shocker from the author of Sleuth and Frenzy. <laughs> yeah, Robin Hardy, who didn't direct a lot of films, but the, yeah. he really does a great job. It's an iconic film. Still holds yeah. up. And it's got good music. Another mm-hmm. thing that I always liked about it, it the, the soundtrack to it has got all these sort of folk songs. And a lot of the folk yeah. songs in it have kind of a, a dark edge to them. And the idea of the film is... It's one of those things that's a cre- it's like this creep it creeps up on you gradually. It's a mystery, like what happened to this missing girl and what happens on this island, and why was this particular man, this p- particular police officer, wh- why has he gone there? It, it, it's it's really fun. I don't want to give it away if you've never seen it, and yeah, a lot don't of people no have never seen it. I mean, it's old, but we want people to watch these. And there's a beautiful Britt Eklund in there, which, you know. Yes. <laughs> and she has a freak out, like a sexy freak out scene in there, too, that, yeah. you know, is well, those fascinating are, that, that's to me a classic, you know, mm-hmm. and that's it really makes me want to go back to all these films. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, sort of searching out the new stuff, going back to get the creepy vibe of those. And they're yeah. wonderful yeah. films. And, and there's a huge list. Bert gave us a list of the films he has. It's, you know, like. 50, 60, There's so many great ones. ones. Yeah. Oh my God. And I picked two of them. The surface. The big <laughs> ones. But be sure and put in the comments what is your favorite 70s horror film. And if you don't have one, go watch them. <laughs> yeah. At least watch the ones they're suggesting. But really, if you look up 70s horror, you will almost can't go wrong. There's so many great ones. So definitely check yeah. into that. It's, yeah. a, it's a great era for it because I think it's it was so good. like we were saying at the beginning is the yeah. era when serious filmmakers and serious writers started getting into it started getting into it yeah and realizing that there's a depth a a vast wealth of stuff to mine and they're not just cash grabby cheapo knockoffs like a lot of horror contemporary horror end up being just people want to make quick buck 
so they weren't good movies, but like these the are like kind of thing. we're saying something we're creating a good drama with great actors but we're also creating something really scary so definitely yeah. check out the 70s horror films because in books literary horror had existed before you know there's there's some right. old literary horror film horror books right. that um have that depth and that so power good. and that profundity and whatever else you know right. things like wicker man have that's right so let us know what you think 70s yeah. are yeah we can talk about it all day you know and yeah throw in the comments and we'll take it and we'll respond so as always thanks for watching and, halloween uh, happy halloween everybody bye everybody